Hello, everyone. This is Ike Patterson, Pastor of Life Care at the Summit Church in Kernersville, North Carolina. This is another one of our Life Care podcasts, and we have the privilege of meeting with my good friend, Tim White. Uh, Tim is a licensed professional counselor in High Point, North Carolina. He, his company is Clarity Life Development. He does individual, marital, family, career, and he's a leadership coach. So, Tim, we're glad you're here today, brother. Good to see you. Thanks, Ike. Good to see you, too, and I appreciate you having me in to talk about an important subject today. <laughs> it is. Jonathan, our pastor, has been doing a series on the struggle, uh, depression, anxiety, and suicide. Um, Tim is here to talk about anxiety disorders. Man, what a broad subject. <laughs> That's interesting because, Ike, I was going to come in today and, and, and ask is everyone you're talking to in this world anxious? <laughs> I have a younger population that I see, and of those high school, college-age kids, they're all anxious. Yeah. Now, when I was growing up, uh, the, people talked about clinical anxiety, but they didn't talk about being anxious all the time. <laughs> Are you seeing people being anxious yeah, all the time? Absolutely. It's, it is very common in our culture for everyone to think that they've got some kind of anxiety disorder. So, mm-hmm. Right. I asked my son about that last night. I said, have you ever noticed your generation is uh, always anxious? And he says, yeah, we've got a lot of reasons to be anxious. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I would give some young young folk input there. That's okay. Okay, so let, how do you define anxiety? I mean, as, as, a, as uh, the past experiences of our life, as... Uh, a fear-based thinking, Tim, how would you define anxiety? Well, I think if we think about it the way that I think about it when people come in to talk to me for help, I see an intense and excessive, persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Hmm. When, when these people experience anxiety that I'm with, it, they tell me it's uncontrollable, it's overwhelming, and disabling. And mm. at that point, we realize we've probably got an anxiety disorder we're mm-hmm. dealing with. And mm-hmm. what I want to share with the listeners today is some of the symptoms okay. people will experience with an anxiety disorder. Some of them they may be surprised about. Mm. So uh, an easy one would be feeling nervous, restless, or tense, having a sense of impending danger, panic, mm-hmm. or doom, an increased heart rate, breathing rapidly. Sweating, trembling, surprisingly feeling weak or tired a lot of the time. Yeah. And that gets overlooked as something else. They have trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry. Having trouble sleeping. They have uh, gastrointestinal problems. Mm-hmm. Difficulty controlling their worry, obsessive worrying all the time. And having the urge to avoid things that trigger their anxiety. So they're really avoiding things in life, which means they're missing out on things in life. Like phobias and things like that. Right. I Mm -hmm. mean, it it keeps them from being everything God wanted them to be Mm -hmm. or God designed us to be. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I want to help people do is get back to not just a normal level, but excel beyond that anxiety. Mm -hmm. And um, it makes me think about... The question that came up the other day, what is normal anxiety? Right. And normal anxiety 
is something that's intermittent and it's expected based on life events. For example, I'm sure you've had job interviews before, Ike, where you've walked in and uh, you probably had a little bit of stress over that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we go in for a job interview or into a stressful or dangerous situation, we feel some some heightened anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a part of our brain that is protective and it's defending. It, it's built in by God to help us uh, be protected. It's actually something that you have spoken about on stage before when you're uh, teaching us, and that is the fight, flight, or freeze survival response, mm-hmm. or the FFF for short, as you and I like to call it. Mm-hmm. It's designed to mobilize our brain and our body to either fight an enemy, run from an avalanche, <laughs> let's say, or freeze because we're hiding from a predator. Mm-hmm. It comes from a very, very tiny part of our brain. and um, That's normal. That is normal. Mm-hmm. That, that That's a normal part of who we are. When we feel that panic uh, running across something that that is, is, is uh, serious to us, like a snake on a trail and we hear a, a rattle, mm-hmm. it's teaching us slowly back away. Mm-hmm. But yet we can think through it, right? Mm-hmm. Well... That part of our body, our brain, barks danger, and um, at that point, we're able to do something about it. But when our brain misinterprets yeah. these safe situations as dangerous, <clears throat> they set off false alarms. Mm-hmm. I'm getting into traumas and PTSD a little bit here and talking about uh, anxiety that would bring somebody in to for help in my office. This is where it starts becoming debilitating. Debilitating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the brain's watchdog senses and barks danger. Mm-hmm. And then our body enters survival mode quicker than our rational mind can react to it, leaving it trying to figure out why we feel mortal danger. Yeah. The, this type of anxiety is someone is in a panic state. It tends to be chronic irrational, and interferes with many life functions. People just sometimes just pull out of life completely and uh, trap themselves in their own home or their work environment. That's it. Their life becomes diminished significantly. Diminished because of anxiety. And everything from phobias of spiders to severe PTSD, Mm. problem anxiety, Mm. represents an extreme response Mm. to to what might otherwise be considered benign, or only mildly stressful. Right. Okay. So we will probably get into some more debilitating symptoms how and how they're treated. Mm-hmm. I want to, can you talk a little bit about what causes anxiety? How do we start struggling with it? Sure. Uh, life experiences, as we think about that, such as traumatic events, appear to trigger anxiety disorders in people Mm. who are already prone to anxiety. Sometimes we talk about nature versus nurture Mm -hmm. as people helpers. Was this something inherited? Is this something genetic as a trait in me? Mm -hmm. Or is it something that's uh, outside of me that was nurtured or not nurtured? Modeled. Modeled. Mm -hmm. So inherited traits are a factor. But, but some other factors are stress, for example, due to an illness. Mm. 
uh, trauma, children who entered abuse or trauma or witnessed traumatic events, they're at a higher risk of developing anxiety disorder at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. And, and adults who experience a traumatic event can also develop anxiety disorders. I think that people need to be aware, I'm, I'm going to stop here for just a minute and say that anxiety disorders many times with this trauma, if not dealt with, can lead to depression, yes. which Heidi is going to talk about on a separate podcast, which is very right. serious and very important to talk about. Mm. So um, that's, that stress, that buildup in life that happens continuously, just piles on excessively. Mm-hmm. For example, a death in the family, work stress, or ongoing worry about finances creates anxiety. Mm-hmm. Some people's personalities, as you know, they just have an anxious personality. Right. They may have not gone through things in life that were that that uh, difficult, but their personalities are more prone to anxiety than others. Uh, other mental health disorders, such as depression, can cause anxiety. Yes, they can. Uh, blood relatives have anxiety disorders sometimes, and that gives you and I, as you know, a clue on that history. Mm-hmm. about, hmm, is this something that is an inherited part of them? Yeah. Or, as you said a while ago, a modeled part of them. Right. And, Tim, we have people sitting in front of us all the time saying, my mother was fretful, she was worried all the time, she wasn't happy unless she was worrying. So this is the kind of thing that you're talking about in family influence. It is. <clears throat> um, and then the other, the other thing I wanted to mention to you is drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I are in an an age where uh, marijuana is being used quite a bit. It's it's a topic nationally. Yes. About whether it's it's going to be legalized or not, and and uh, you, I, I simply want to say that many times I find that my clients are not resilient because of the use, the continual use of marijuana. I'm not here to pass judgment on anything. Right. All right, I'm not here to talk about legal things, and I'm not here to talk about marijuana. But when we talk about drugs or alcohol, I really don't care if people want to talk about that being addictive or not. I really don't care if people want to talk about whether it should be legal or not. What I see in my office is people are using marijuana on a continual basis to deal with their anxiety, which means they're not really treating it. And over time, they have they, they lessen and lessen their ability to become resilient with life. Yes, we would call it self-medicating. That's right? called self-medicating. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at, <clears throat> one of the things that I think we need for our listeners to know is that Tim has started specializing in treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, which is part of the anxiety spectrum. And so, Tim, can you talk a little bit about therapies or techniques that you would be using with people with anxiety at, at different levels, mild, moderate, or debilitating. What Can you give us an idea of the kind of therapy that you guys would be doing? Sure. <laughs> at, at, at a basic level, uh, without that trauma component, we would be using cognitive behavioral therapy, <laughs> which is basically uh, recognizing the way you think and some of the irrational thoughts that keep you stuck, that would be our internal dialogue, our natural internal 
negative or irrational self-talk that through the years were programmed in us. Yeah. And we try to change those negative beliefs about ourselves and uh, keep that and change that into something positive so that when they start to think about things differently, they feel different and they behave different. Mm-hmm. But that is uh, that comes along with uh, helping PTSD, general anxiety disorders, uh, panic attacks, mm-hmm. phobias. But people just are not aware <clears throat> what they think changes who they are. It is, and that's really a biblical concept. <laughs> it is absolutely. Um, some of the other modes that we use, especially with people that are traumatized, PTSD is mindfulness training. We're finding out more and more that the body keeps the score. There's a great mm-hmm. book about that called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's simply saying our body stores up how this reactivity, this negative, is relayed out of us. And when that happens, what we realize is we can't just tell people what to think or train them on how their thoughts should be different. We have to connect them with their bodies again. Yes. And that means getting them to start to recognize some some breathing patterns that could be different. Uh, just recognizing the, that, their, uh, that their body is present, that they, they can tap their feet, move their feet, they can get up, walk, move around. I think we're finding more and more and more the somatic or bodily sensations and the connection between the mind and the body are a huge part of recovery yes. from trauma. Mm. Uh, the other thing would be exposure therapy, where we're exposing people to some difficult life situations. But we do that in a safe way, in a safe place, little by little. Mm-hmm. It's not done all at one time. So it's literally what it says. We're exposing them to components that have traumatized them over time. Yes. And that, that, once again, that's done in a very safe way. Mm-hmm. The, the thing I'm specializing in is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, otherwise known as EMDR. And um, that has to have a specialized training. I know a lot of people in the field um, do this technique now without training. But really what can happen without <clears throat> training is you end up, uh, triggering somebody and leaving them in a very traumatized state. Absolutely. And so if you can find someone that is trained in multiple parts of what we call EMDR, it actually combines exposure therapy with a series of guided uh, eye movements that help the client process these traumatic memories and change how they react to them. So we're, mm-hmm. we're taking several traumatizing events separating them one at a time and desensitizing them to those events and giving them new meaning. And you're using probably cognitive behavioral and mindfulness, those two techniques that you talked about. Encompassed in that one thing. Within that, with processing that event, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd like the audience to think about just right now, we call it a, a large T trauma. Yeah. Or a small T trauma. A large T trauma is something that's debilitating, mm-hmm. that has happened to debilitate them over time. A small T trauma would be something that has possibly uh, beat down their self-esteem to make them feel anxious all the time. Mm-hmm. So I have people come in that say, 
look, I'm just generally, I have low self-esteem, a lot of anxiety. I find that we have some things that have happened to them over time that we wouldn't call as dramatic as something like, uh, heaven forbid, rape right. or, or something where people have been in a serious car accident and seen the yeah. death of a loved one or something. Yeah. But it's really affected their self-esteem. Yeah. So I like people to think about that and realize there are different types of trauma and different ways we treat that. Um, and along with, with some of our, our friends out there, there may be a genetic component that needs some medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I are, are both very conservative in the fact that we don't want to treat with medication yep. unless we have to. That's right. Good. So, Tim, you've got listeners here who have loved ones, and they've been praying and thinking and talking to them about some of the anxiety observations that they've had about their the, this loved one's life. How would you suggest that they go about communicating their uh, understanding, their acceptance, their encouragement for this loved one to get something done? I think, first of all, be empathetic mm. and not judgmental. Uh, one of the ways that anxiety comes across many times when people are so stressed out is they 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 give their family member or loved one uh, anger. Mm. They respond with anger. And what what their loved one is seeing is a stressful or anxious person. And that loved one just is, is, is patient. They're not judgmental. They're empathetic, meaning they're able to listen and, and empathize with that person by reflecting back on what the person is saying. Mm. Um, but also just letting them know the behaviors they're seeing, the, the, the nervousness, the, the, the kind of panic behavior, the fact that they're not sleeping, and just encouraging them to, to seek out help by offering to find a counselor's phone number or a pastor's phone number who can give some help. <coughs> Emailing. There's a, there's a great website uh, called Psychology Today where you can type in Psychology Today, um, High Point, Psychology Today, Greensboro. And it will bring up a, a bunch of different therapists who specialize in anxiety disorders. Yes. And uh, w- w- usually on Google, when you when you type something in anyway, like counselor anxiety treatment anxiety, that's the first thing that pops up. A- anyway, so yeah, and so people who are listening to this podcast who are in different areas of the country use the same website to be able to access therapists in your area. Yeah, right. You and, it, it's a great way of. of <clears throat> Finding somebody, uh, mm-hmm. because unlike a primary care doc who I see for, let's say, strep throat. Right. Many primary care docs just take that test and they give you a pill. Yeah. Um, finding a good therapist that you can trust, that's harder. Yes. That's a harder job. So the loved one can help encourage them by finding somebody and suggesting a couple of people. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage people that are listening to this, that have loved ones that struggle with anxiety, to really encourage them to be all that God really designed them to be. Yes. Now, that that leads us into one final area that I want to, to take you down, dear friend, and that is your faith as a Christian. Um, this is a church that believes that we use uh, traditional uh, therapy, 
when it's necessary that we use medication to be able to help brain imbalances. But we strongly believe that it's important for people to grow in their faith through the struggles that they're having. Uh, I know that's your philosophy as well. So how do we encourage people in their faith to grow in their relationship with God or at least learn to rely on Him when they're struggling with anxiety? Tim, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I'd be glad to. Uh, The reason I'd be glad to is because with God I am empowered. Mm -hmm. Jesus came to the earth and He told us, that anxiety was present. He told us what to do with anxiety. Mm-hmm. He was already giving us cognitive behavioral therapy <laughs> before these psychologists and neuroscience were saying, this is an effective therapy. <laughs> um, and so I think having that, that person that knows us, that designed us, that is there for us to connect with, there for us to, to talk with, that is a huge deal. In, 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 my, in my counseling clients, and I'm just wondering if you see this, Ike, mm-hmm. um, I see people coming in quite a bit who do not have any faith base yeah. whatsoever. They do not have faith in God. They do not have <clears throat> faith in Christ. And they have to rely on all of these skill sets only. Yeah, And they may be single, married, uh, kids, whatever it is, but they have zero faith base. Mm. And they say, help me. Yeah. And it is so much richer when we can offer mm. them God to help them mm-hmm. while I'm also assisting God mm-hmm. with helping them. Mm-hmm. Do you see the same yes, thing in your absolutely. office? absolutely. Yes. God makes it such a more powerful <clears throat> option of how we deal with anxiety. Um, so it, I tell the, the client that with God, they are empowered, and they don't think that they're empowered. Um, I'm connected to someone that is more powerful than me and designed me. He, uh, and, and for Ike, I'm sure this is the case, as we've shared our testimony, he's truly my higher power. Yep. Uh, I'm never alone. I never have to fear a loneliness or abandonment. I'm connected, I'm instructed, I'm enlightened because of God and the connection there. I'm calmed, I'm soothed, (laughs) I'm sheltered, I'm protected, and I'm emboldened. And recognizing that with uh, verses, the, the, the Bible, if people have a Bible and a concordance or just want to Google that about uh, Bible verses and anxiety, They'll recognize things like Philippians 4, 6 that say, Do not be anxious about anything, Mm. but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, that's kind of like what we suggest in therapy when we say uh, journal or people are talking in talk therapy. They're actually talking to us and letting Mm -hmm. us know, and we're empathizing back about that. Um, so when we are thankful about something, that's a part of a cognitive behavioral mm. therapy component. What can we find that we're thankful about? Instead of being obsessed with what I don't have. What I don't have. Mm-hmm. Every day I can find something I'm thankful for. <laughs> um, and then Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's right. Mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy. Take it one hour at a time. Mm. Take it one half day at a time. Mm. Take it one day at a time. Be present in the moment. Mm. Be present in recognizing that my worry about next month, next year, whatever, is going to really hinder me and bog me down if I am susceptible to anxiety. Mm. Worry in Scripture says it's never really changed anything. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to notice a difference here in terms of uh, coaching people versus counseling people. Yes, please. Um, as we think about this verse, worry today, uh, but put it off all concerns and worry about tomorrow because it's got enough worry of its own today. Well, really, what that's that's saying is it doesn't mean that we don't plan. Mm-hmm. that we don't build things up in a storehouse. Mm-hmm. It means that we plan and set goals for the future, but then we manage those goals and those plans. Mm-hmm. We learn to manage them instead of reacting to them. We learn to to manage and create and adjust. If we can adjust and learn to accept where we are, it's still okay to have goals. Yes. We just don't have to worry so much about it. <laughs> Management of what's going on in a situation, managing my expectations, and managing managing my my goals is going to help me a lot reduce the anxiety. <laughs> Another, just a, a couple more verses here I wanted to share. Sure. First Peter five seven says, "Cast all of your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you." So if you're going to share that with Him. How wonderful is it to be able to say, I just lay all these anxious things at your feet. Do something with it, with your power Mm -hmm. through the Holy Spirit. Do something with Mm -hmm. it. Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I want to end on that one for a minute. Okay. Because that is a verse that I'll use with people that are struggling with generalized anxiety, with people that are struggling with all types of anxiety that say, I just don't, I, I, I can't, I feel weak. I feel mm-hmm. worn out by this thing. And I'll, I'll have them read this verse and say, do you see the word all? <laughs> I can do all this through him. Not you. Not me. <laughs> who gives me strength. That's right. If I say that and I think about that and I ponder that, not just one time. Not really quick, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. But I become disciplined in my work, in, in, in my relationship with God and with what Scripture says. And I, I, I memorize these verses, and I say them over to myself over and over. Then I can ask the question, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. What can I do to not worry about tomorrow? Dear God, please tell me how. Yes. And he empowers us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's got a plan for us. And this the whole concept of God and the relationship with Christ, as Christ has taught us in coming down to earth and teaching us so much, is I don't want you to be worried about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I want you to be present today. I want you to be empowered. I want you to be hopeful. 
I want you to feel a presence that's calming. Yes. Yes, brother. Amen. So thank you for such a balanced view of anxiety. That That's what you're saying is in the times that we struggle, we're trying to control everything. When we have Christ or our higher power at, like God in our life uh, and we can yield over control to him, then he does help us with this, <clears throat> with our anxious thinking. Tim, there are going to be people that want to contact you um, mm-hmm. after listening to this. So can you tell us the best way that you want them to get in touch with you? You can uh, use my website, which is Clarity. C-L-A-R-I-T-Y, Life, L-I-F-E, Development, D-E-V-E-L-O-P-M-E-N-T dot com. Okay. And when they go to that website, there's a contact area. Okay. They contact me specifically. Wonderful. Also on that website, I know EMDR is more complex. They can... uh, Click on a link about EMDR and yes. get more information about You have a EMDR lot of resources on that website. I do. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome for them to see. Yeah. And you can also contact us here at the church. We can get you in touch with Tim. And that's the summitchurch.net. And we will be happy to get in touch with him for you or at least give you some contact information you can get to him. Man, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to share this. I mean, anytime I can help people, you Absolutely. Know, it's, it's what I'm here for. So but I'm just so excited about you're that. You're gifted in this area. So that's why we wanted you to, to talk about it. Would you pray for our listeners? I will. I'll be glad to. Dear God, we just come before you today thanking you for all of the many blessings that you've given us, the ones that we don't even address or recognize. God, I pray now through the power of the Holy Spirit that you uh, would be with our listeners, especially the ones now that are feeling anxious. They're feeling despair. They're feeling stuck. Mm. They're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe they've got a family member that's going through all of this. I pray for them. I pray for you, the listener. I pray for your family. I pray for the relationships that you have. And I pray for a reduction in anxiety. I pray that you would uh, be emboldened and empowered by what God gives you. And dear God, I just pray that you would just be with these listeners. Be with this person that's listening now. Enrich their lives. Empower their lives. And we'll give you honor. We'll give you praise. And we'll give you glory for taking all of this from us, dear Lord. And we just lift all this up to you. And we ask that you'd bless the rest of this day and these moments of being present with you, dear God. And we ask that humbly in Christ's name. Amen.